go. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I just thank you for this time together. We just thank you for your amazing presence. And Lord, I just pray, just anoint these words that I'm going to share this morning. Amen. Well, last week I, I started talking about living in the now and uh, about the power of now. And we looked at 2 Corinthians 6, chapter 6, verse 2, where Paul says, now is the accepted time. And I noted that the word there, accepted time, means a time of great favor and acceptance. And it goes on, and now is the day of salvation. You know, the op- what Paul's saying there is this is the opportunity right now to live in the saving grace of God. Paul was really expressing to us, don't misuse the grace of God that has been made available in acceptance and favor and the salvation that's available to us by not living in the now, by what God has now given us. Now is the day of the accepted time for what God is doing. And I like what it says in the New Living Translation. It says the right time is now. I love that. So specific. The right time is now. And you know, that, that's a powerful thing. Now is a powerful thing. It, you know, it has unlimited potential for us to be, to, to be frank. It's the only time you have. When you think about it, I mean, the past is gone. The future hasn't come yet. The only actual time you have to deal with is now, what you're living in now. And so it's a pretty powerful time for each one of us. And in order to reap the full benefit of a now moment, we must respond with a now response. And, and you know, we talked about that a little bit last week. And then we also talked about some uh, stories out of Scripture about some of the responses that can steal the power and the potential of a now moment. And I just want to quickly reflect on some of the ones that we talked about. You know, firstly, we talked about a conditional response of those who, who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but. But I need to first go and make sure that my business is okay. I need to go and make sure that my family's okay. I need to do this. I need to do that. Something else came first. And really the conditional response is that response, I will follow you, but. It's a, I'm in until I'm not response. It's a type of response response that really um, leads us to measure the cost and then measure our response according to the cost that we, we see. And the result of that is that we lose the release of the kingdom of God in our lives. Because Jesus actually goes on in, that, in the story and he says to those who, who had that conditional response, those who put their hand to the plough and step away from it are not worthy of the kingdom of God. Now, and I'm sure there's none of us in this house that will make a conditional response, right? Then we looked at a reasoned response. And Jesus is in the synagogue and he, he quotes Isaiah, the great promise of the Messiah, and, and speaks of all the wonderful things that he has come to do. And, and once he's read the passage, he puts it down. And he says, listen, guys, that was about me. And the people hearing it needed everything that Jesus said. But instead of responding unreasonably and declaring that he had finally come, they did not take hold of it. They said, who does he think he is? I mean, come on, you know, he's Joseph's son. We, we know him. And so they reasoned away the moment that they needed to respond to what Jesus was saying. 
And the result was that everything that Jesus was offering them, none of them, none of them were able to receive it. Then we looked at the undiscerning response. <coughs> Excuse me. And that was about those who remained in the boat when Jesus said to Peter, come. See, the, the now moment always comes and it's here and it's available. The question is, do we get it? Do we actually see it when it comes? Do we realize what's happening? And here for the, these disciples was a now moment. It suddenly came for them. Jesus is standing right before them and every single person had the same now moment placed before them. It was right there. They only had to step into it and they got to walk on water. But it was only Peter who did so. The rest of them missed a now moment. It passed them by. They didn't recognize what was entailed in that moment. They weren't discerning. See, Peter discerned the moment. He understood what was happening. Peter had ears to hear and eyes to see. And a reference from what I was talking about last year, you know, that if you see what I can see, you can have what I can have. And I think that God is actually saying to each one of us, many times throughout the day, if you can see what I see for you, you can have what I have for you. The promise of God being placed before but you see, you have to see it. You have to pick up on the fact that this is a now moment. It's available to you. And I want to tell you right now that there are now moments. This morning in worship, there were now moments going on for many of us in this room, for new encounters, for new places of positioning our heart. They're always available to us. Then we looked at the offended response. Of course, Naaman the leper and he became offended because he, the prophet didn't come out and treat him with the respect he felt he deserved. And he didn't come out and wave his hand over him and say some magical words. Rather, he sent his servant out and said, go and wash in a dirty river. Dip seven times in the muddy water. And Naaman became offended by all that. You know, listen, an offended response will cause us to lose what God has for us in that now moment. You see, the problem was that his ego got in the way. His ego got in the way. And if we're going to take anything from a now moment, we have to make sure our ego doesn't get in the way. Humility draws the attention of heaven. Just as Norm shared before, you know, God, it says, resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And Naaman would have left without ever receiving his healing had it not been for a servant who was so much wiser than he was, and said, listen, Naaman, if you'd been asked to do something great, would you have not done it? Why don't you do the lesser? And when he did that, he received his healing. We also looked at the ill-prepared response, the story of the 10 virgins. Five were wise and ready, five were foolish and were unready. They all had the same opportunity for something. And, and you know, the, the thing is, they had probably longed for that all their lives. I mean, to be part of the bridal party. It had been so important to enjoy the wedding. And five went in because they were wise enough to be prepared in their now moment. And five missed out because they were ill-prepared. They were foolish. 
the, the, the thing is the now moment does not wait for you and I to be ready. It comes and then it goes. And if you're not ready, you can miss it. And really that's part of what I want to talk about this morning. I want to, and, and I want to talk about a, a, a key issue in preparing for now moments in our lives. You know, because they come far more often than we think they do. And, and we need to be, be ready. And when I started this, <coughs> excuse me, when I started this series, I, 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 mean, I was planning it out. I was thinking I would, I would talk about some resolutions that I'd made and that I found helpful in my life. But as I was praying about it this week, I really felt God begin to speak to me about, about a specific issue that, we, that needs to be dealt with that can give all sorts of problems in our lives and really stop us from even beginning to embrace the now moment. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, I want to look in chapter uh, Luke 19, chapter 19 of Luke. I want to talk about Zacchaeus. Ever heard about Zacchaeus? I don't know if we knew it when I was a kid. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Climbed up the sycamore tree, the Saviour for to see. When the Lord came walking by, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm going to your house for tea. Any of you remember that? Yeah, come on. Good on you. Eh? There are two things I, I sing and I dance on the inside, okay? <laughs> For the benefit and the blessing of you all, trust me, you're welcome. <laughs> Zacchaeus. <laughs> nice try, guys, it ain't going to happen. I want to show you something that you may never notice before. It's chapter 19 of Luke, verse 1. And Jesus started uh, into Jericho and was passing through it. And there was a man called Zacchaeus, a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he was trying to see Jesus, which one he was, but he could not on the account of the crowd and because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Say today with me. Today. So he hurried and came down and he received and welcomed him joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all muttered amongst themselves and indignantly complained. He'd gone to be a guest of and lodge with a man who was devoted to sin and preeminently a sinner. Zacchaeus was not a very popular man. I guess usually inland revenue agents aren't, but there you go. So then Zacchaeus, verse 8, so then Zacchaeus stood up and solemnly declared to the Lord, See, Lord, half of all my goods I now give to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will restore it four times. And Jesus said to him, today, say today, today, today is the salvation of the Lord has come to this household. For The Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. You know, I want you to notice something. The first thing is that Jesus comes, he looks up and he says, Zacchaeus, this is your moment. This is your now moment. And, and, he, and he says it's, and then he goes on, he says, and it's necessary that I come to your house. The word necessary actually means essential. I must come to your house. I have come, and, and not only that, it means I've come not to just visit, but to stay. 
Interesting, eh? The word actually means to continue to stay. It's an invitation into intimate relationship. And this is what Jesus was offering Zacchaeus. Jesus said, here it is. This is what I'm offering. Hurry. And the word there for hurry means an impassioned movement. So hurry and come down. If you're going to be part of what I'm doing, you need to be, if you're going to be part of this movement, come on, get some motion, get going. You have to be on the move. And so he comes down. You need to do this, Zacchaeus, because today I'm coming to your house. This was an incredible now moment for Zacchaeus. You've got to hurry. Come on down. Something's going to happen. And, and, And what was his response? It says he hurried and came down. You see, he matched Jesus' imperative, the the, the urgency that Jesus had. He matched it with his reaction. It says he hurried and came down. He was moving as fast as he could to be part of it. He took the now moment and he had a now response to it. And the result was the fulfillment, really, of what Jesus came to earth for, to seek and save that which was lost. And Zacchaeus, a man, was able to cast off a heritage of it because of his choice of living, and now he was restored to the destiny that it was given to him by Jesus. He had chosen a way of life and had an heritage that he was known as a sinful man, that his house was a place of sinner. And because he responded to Jesus in that now moment, taking hold of it with a now response, his heritage was no longer there. He was now had a new destiny. That's the power of a now moment. You see, responding to a now moment has so much potential, but it requires a now response. And and here's where I'm going with that. He was able to do that because of some decisions he made. You see, you think about it. All those other stories I just talked to you about of of mistakes that that people made, how they missed out on the now moment. And yet here's Zacchaeus, and he placed himself in that place to receive a now moment. Why? What was the difference? What was the difference? I think it was because of the way he responded. I believe the one reason Zacchaeus was ready for the moment was that he, he, he knew something in his heart. He'd already made a decision. See, in verse 8 it says this, So then Zacchaeus stood up and solemnly declared to the Lord. You see, it says Zacchaeus made a declaration, a solemn declaration. It, was, it wasn't a momentary reaction to something. Zacchaeus had thought about this. Zacchaeus had already made a resolution in his heart. Because of a declaration is a resolution that you make in your heart that comes out in word. So he'd already resolved some issues in his heart. Even as he was climbing that tree that day, I believed he was making, he was resolving issues. He was getting ready for the moment when Jesus came. You see, when he climbed that tree, he he climbed it because he wanted to see Jesus. It wasn't just a casual, oh, I'm going to sit up there and see this dude that's making all the... There was something that had stirred in his heart. He'd made a cry. He'd made a resolution. And now it was imperative that he got there, that he got ready because something was happening. He was prepared because he knew that if he was in the right place at the right time, something was going to happen. And so he positions himself and he gets ready. And I think there are three declarations that he made that day, at least three. And I don't want to major on them, but I do want to express them because I think most of us have come to the point at one time or another where we have made those same declarations. 
You see, I think that Zacchaeus had resolved in his heart and he was sitting up in that tree waiting for Jesus to come by. The first thing that I think he was resolved was this, that getting what Jesus had was worth losing everything that he had. That getting what Jesus is wor- was worth or has is worth losing everything that I have. As he sat up in that tree that moment of Jesus coming by, he realized to identify, for him to identify with who he was it meant that he had to be ready to lose everything that he had been. Getting everything that Jesus has is worth losing everything I have. Secondly, the second resolution he made was that Jesus at my house is better than living in my house of sin. The third thing I think he made was that intimacy with Jesus is more valuable than intimacy with the world. This was a resolve of Zacchaeus' heart. Even if it meant having Jesus in his house was going to expose his heart. I mean, I mean, think about this. Jesus, Zacchaeus was going to be exposed for the man that he was. I mean, Jesus knew everything, and the crowd sure made the crowd definitely made sure that Jesus knew how bad he was. It said so. It says this is a man devoted to sin. And preeminently a sinner. They wanted him, to, Jesus, to know how bad he was. He was exposing himself to ridicule, but it was because he knew that what was available to him in that now moment was far better than anything he'd had. And he was willing to have Jesus in his life, even if it meant everything about his life was going to be exposed, even if it meant losing everything that he had up until that moment. It was worth it. You see, a heart resolve prepares us for an hour moment. And it doesn't come in the moment. We plan for it. We get ready for it. We, we work it through. So here's the, the deal, and this is where I want to go with this. There was a core issue that Zacchaeus had to settle in his now response. And the core issue, I think, is the same for all of us. And it's the issue of fear, of fear. You know, you can make head decisions even with a heart desire to have it. But when you walk into your now moment, if you haven't dealt with fear, you will lose it. And, and, you know, there are all kinds of fears that we, we, we face. There's the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment. Now, lots of things that, in all honesty, can come from our childhood, from our life experiences that we have to deal with. Fear of punishment. Fear of exposure of what's going on inside of us, who we really are. I mean, many people run from intimacy because it's into me see. Intimacy. And when we're intimate with someone, they're actually going to get to know who we are. And the fear of commitment is, is actually a fear of intimacy, fear of loss. We're going to lose what we have. You see, fear is such a core issue that we have to deal with it if we're going to embrace a now moment, if we're going to step into that which God has for us. Fear And fear lurks in every opportunity. It's ready to steal our resolve and to rob us of the full potential of the now moment. 
And if we are prepared to respond to the now opportunity that God will give us, then almost every single day we must deal with the thief of fear. It's always there. I know for me, you know, every step that we've taken in the church, each time I've had to confront fear. I know when I first was becoming the leader here and, and, we, were, and there were, we were challenged. I mean, it was quite clear we were going to go on an unmet path. We were not going to do church the way it had been done. We were going to see and, and, and embrace something new. We were going to open ourselves to, the, to allow the Holy Spirit to lead wherever that took us. And there were lots of voices challenging us because of the history of liberty and, and things that had gone on. And there's always those pe- well-meaning people who are going to tell you that you're not going to make it. God bless them. <laughs> And, you know, there's that thing, and you get to that place, and you come to a point, and you've got to make, which way am I going to go? Am I going to step into the now moment and know that this is what God's done, or am I going to allow the fear to define who I am? You have to make that choice. And, you know, I had a dream at that point, and I've shared it with you in the past. I had a dream, and, and in it, I was in heaven, and I was going across, and I was on this magnificent boat. It was beautiful and clear. And all these other people were coming in and and I came across to the shore of heaven and there was Jesus. And even before I got there, he was looking and he was welcoming and I knew the welcome of Jesus, the love. There's always love and acceptance in in the embrace of Jesus. And it was there and he was so welcoming. And he came and he reached out and he took me by the hand and I stepped on the land. And he said, it's so good to have you here, Trent. It's so good to have you here. There's one question I have for you. He said, why did you come on a boat when I've made you to walk on water? And when he said that, I knew that we were made to walk on water. And I resolved in my heart that fear was not going to define who I was and who we were. You know, Chris Valaton states it this way. He says, the dogs of doom stand at the doorway of destiny. You see, every choice we make is a reaction to, of fear or a response of love. Everything, it comes out of those two. It's either a reaction to fear or a response to love. And in a minute or two, I'm going to actually invite you to have an encounter with God this morning and just allow him to come and touch you. You see, because one encounter with God can change everything. A reaction to fear response to love, what defines our lives, what prepares us for those now moments. We lose so many of our now moments because of the fear of failure, the fear of embarrassment, the fear of punishment, rather than positioning ourselves in that place to allow God to touch us and to refresh us. First John, John has a passage that speaks so clearly of this. From the Amplified Bible, 1 John 4, 16 says this. And we know, understand, recognize, are conscious of by observation and by experience. You know, when the the scripture talks about knowing like this, it's not talking about head knowledge. It's talking about knowledge by experiencing. And, and, And that's so important. So we know, understand, recognize, and are conscious of by observation experience and believe, adhere to and put faith in and rely on the love of God that cherishes for us. God is love. 
And he who dwells and continues in love dwells and continues in God, and God dwells and continues in him. In this union and communion with him, love is brought to completion and attains perfection with us, that we may have confidence for the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him, because as he is, so are we in this world. You get that? As he is, as he is, not as he was, as he is now, glorified and empowered, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. Dread does not exist. But full-grown, complete, perfect love turns fear out of doors and expels any trace of terror. For fear brings with it the thought of punishment. And so he who is afraid has not reached the full maturity of love and has not yet grown into love's complete perfection. We love him. The word actually, we there is not found in the older manuscripts. So we could actually say this. We love because he first loved us. Isn't that amazing? I want to read another version of what I just read you. And it's really just a word study that I did on this passage. And then, I, you know, as I said, I'm going to invite you to have a moment with God this morning. <coughs> Excuse me. And here's, here, here's what I really, you know, I think this passage is saying to us. Fear is evidence that love has not been allowed to do its perfect work for us. The perfect work of love is that which that alleviates fear everywhere it is found to the degree that we live so fearless. That even on the day that we stand before God and everything is exposed and we have nowhere to hide, we will stand with absolute confidence and without fear, with only the expectation of hearing, well done, faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the kingdom. Because as Jesus lived in this world with fearless confidence, so do those who have encountered, have been encountered by the love of God so do they live in this world in the same way, with fearless confidence. Let me read that last bit again. Because as Jesus lived in this world with fearless confidence, so do those who have been encountered by the love of God. So do they live in the world the same way, with fearless confidence. You know, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear. And we get to make our choices out of that place where the perfect love of God has been offered to us. But here's what it requires. You see, it's not about a head understanding of the love of God. It's about having an encounter with who God is, with the God who is love. And and it's, it's about being so overwhelmed and consumed by his love that fear has no place in us that we can live fearless. And and it's both an instant revelation and a progressive work in our lives. It's both. You see, there are those moments that we can have such a revelation like I have. I've stood there and I've worshipped and I've had Jesus come down and has put his arm around me and he said, you've been doing good, boy. And it broke my heart, an instant revelation of how much God loved me and defined me. But then there's also the progressive, day by day, minute by minute, of encountering his goodness and his love. And they're both important to us and they're both so special. And we need, fear dissipates 
And, and it goes when we have those encounters with God. We know that, you know, we know that it's living on a daily basis as we continue to grow in the love of God that brings full transformation. And, and, and we let him perfect the love in us. That every time fear tries to come and encounter us, the love of God will stand in front of us and will be a shield. We'll encounter that fear and cast it out. It's interesting, the word there about expelling fear out of our lives, cast out fear that it's in the scripture, it means to discard without any worry about where it's gone. It's not even keeping it like an old friend. You know, sometimes we hold on to our fears like old friends and we need to let them go. It's about having a heart resolve, a now event, and then a continuing journey. So I guess the question I want to ask this morning is who wants to be a Zacchaeus? And hear Jesus say, come on down. Come on down. So what I want us to do this morning is to to, to have an encounter with God, to have have a love encounter, a now moment. And I... I think this is for everybody, but because I think we've all dealt with fear. And see, it's not about me giving you a good teaching or anything else. It's simply about you encountering afresh the love of God this morning. Because the love of God will encounter you and it'll put you on a journey. God living in you in a brand new way, just like he did with Zacchaeus. Everything in the kingdom's in exchange. You know, we trade our sorrows for joy. So this morning, I want us to trade our fear for the love of God. You willing to do that? Let's stand, why don't we just have a little bit of worship. You may want to come down the front this morning and just kneel or just right where you are. But this is about you and God. And right where you are right now, God, God is going to touch you. Why don't we just lift our hands up? Father, I thank you for your love. Thank you, Father. I thank you that you are the God of love. And right now, Father, I just pray, release your presence over us afresh. Just release your presence. Come on down if you want to. At the moment, we're not going to pray for anyone because this is between you and God. And just why don't you reach out afresh this morning? Come afresh, God. Come afresh, God. Holy Spirit, come afresh, come afresh, God. We welcome your presence, God. Overflow us with your presence. A picture, actually, and I bring that Overflow us. Overflow us. Overflow us, fresh encounters, God. I release fresh encounters with you, Father God. Your presence, Lord. We long for you. We long for you this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, 
to be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Father, right now I just pray, encounter us afresh. Lord, encounter us with our love. Lord, we want to cast our fear right now. We just want to release it right now. Father, I, I just ask that your great love is going to come and encounter each person in this room. Lord, I know I, I don't want to miss out on my now moment. Encounter me. Oh God, encounter me. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your great love and your mercy. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah.